When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great week, the Sustainable Success Way. Uh, it's been a great week here in the New York City area. And again, uh, we want to wish uh, those that are having a great week for more continued success heading into the weekend. And again, if for those that are new to Sustainable Success, uh, you found us here at the Voice American Influencers Channel. But you could also check out many of our great guests that we've had on in the past on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. There you'll find many of our great guests that we've had on that have words of wisdom, stories, and facts and intelligence that can help you pivot on a dime in your business as well as in your personal life. So again, feel free to check that out. And we welcome anybody new today that we are here committed to deliver value with our guests, making sure that we help you to make a difference in your business and personal life. Uh, Today's show is being brought to you today by EFA Movement, or Empowered Fathers in Action. They are a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process to produce children with higher levels of self-esteem, self-confidence, so that they can become future leaders not only in their homes as adults, but in their communities as well as in their businesses. Again, this organization is doing great things to help parents to overcome limited beliefs so they can be better examples for their children to grow into self-confident adults, to not repeat the patterns of codependency and dysfunction, again, to make their communities and their businesses more prosperous for everyone. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's www.efamovement.org. Well, we have a great show today, and I'm really looking forward to our guest today. As many of you know, I, I had spent over 20-something years in the sales profession prior to becoming an executive coach. I've been professionally speaking for a long time and having this radio show. And I always love to bring on sales professionals because they really not only understand the art of the sales process, but they, even better yet, they understand people. And a true professional salesperson understands that. And we have a gentleman on that we're going to have on today that has really made a difference in this particular area. Before I I introduce him. I'm going to uh, mention again, we're going to be talking about the Million Dollar Rebutal, and it happens to be the name of his best-selling book, and his name is David Walter. And before I introduce him, I'm going to give a little background about David. Uh, while attending college, David became one of the top calling reps of MBNA American Bank, taking over 40 credit card applications on average during each four-hour shift. After college, he took over the marketing for his father's HVAC business and was able to generate over a million dollars in revenue by running radio and newspaper ads. David's claim to fame came from setting a record of 15 appointments a day, every day for six months straight while working in the call center of a PEO firm. This is when he got his superpowers by tapping into a subconscious mind and became the superhero of cold calling. Then he started and ran his own call center for 13 years, working with some of the largest IT companies in the world, and some of them made millions. He has now revealed his secret cold calling formula in his number one best-selling book, Million Dollar Rebuttal. And without further ado, we welcome David Walter to the show. 
Hi, David. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been on pins and needles, waiting to be on your show. Uh, I feel like I'm in rarefied air, and also glad uh, that we met on LinkedIn, and I call you the, the quick draw, Christopher, on uh, liking your you know, post. <laughs> oh yeah, I love. Matter of fact, if you guys got if you're on LinkedIn, you got to check out David. David posts some thought provoking. Uh, uh, you know, statements to get people to really embrace things that could really help you in your business. And, and he dev- definitely gets a conversation going, no doubt about it. You get a lot of comments and likes on all of your posts. So we encourage you to follow David. And we, we belong to a, a LinkedIn influencers group together. So again, we encourage you to check that out. So, you know, David, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I've been in sales a long time and we have a lot of people that uh, listen to the show that are sales professionals well, whether that they work for corporations, whether if they are, you know, are working in a small business, could be a network marketing company or any combination thereof, you know, talk about, you know, the concept of cold calling. I mean, obviously this is a, an area that, you know, many salespeople dread, right? You know, cold calling, oh God, you know, I got to do that. You know, so talk about why cold calling is actually a good thing not a bad thing. And why even in today's world of technology, you know, cold calling can still be, you know, an asset to a sales professional. Well, yeah, that's a, a great point. I think that's um, one, of the, one of the things is the attitude of salespeople, not all, but all. But uh, as I always say that there's uh, a salesman, a true salesman is rare. Um, they're a teacher. Uh, the idea, like for an acting, you know, if you, you know, someone says act, um, you know, they start acting, but the truth is that act, true actors don't act. They actually relive uh, their emotions. They're real. Uh, they, you know, method acting is, is really living that experience that you, that caused you pain and then actually crying for real, uh, by going through that experience again. And, you know, sales is the same thing. It's not pretending it's not the, the car sales guy, all that stuff. It's, uh, being a teacher, um, and listening and, and, um, you know, all that stuff. So we can talk more about that, but most, a lot of the run-of-the-mill salespeople uh, that I've run into in my, in my career um, are order takers. Um, they want referrals. Uh, they get their sales and referrals, which are laydowns and pretty easy. Um, and when they get beer from that, from someone who has an immediate need or something, uh, they don't have time for it. They don't want to have to do a bunch of follow-up. They don't, you know, they don't want to do that. And that's, I think when you get into cold calling, that's what happens is that when you cold call, and you said you've been in sales before. So have you done any yeah. cold calling, Chris? Yes, okay. I have so, done cold calling. Yeah, it was part of my career, no doubt about it. Yeah. So we got our audience, audience listening uh, now and then you know, on the podcast, try to connect with them so we can have some common ground here. Um, you know, if you, if you pick up the phone and, and call a vertical, you know, you know uh, whatever industry, law firms or accounting companies or marketing, manufacturing, and you call all day long, you're probably going to hear, if you connect with anybody at all, if you get some connections, uh, we're happy with what we have. We're happy with what we have. We're not interested. We're happy with what we have. Of course, most people will never even get that far. They get shut down by the gatekeeper. So that's, that's, um, that's some of the, one of the main problems is most people are happy with what they have. And if, you get on the, if you're a salesman and you're looking for leads, they're looking for something quick, a close. They don't want to have to set appointments with people that are happy with what they have. I think that's the problem. And then the other thing, the main thing that most people don't want to do is is get shut down by gatekeepers all the time. And I think for most people, that's kind of what stops them, is that I'm going to get shut down by gatekeepers. And, of course, the other, if we took a survey, 
survey says, fear of rejection. You know, getting people to reject you, whether it's a gatekeeper or whatever, uh, keeps people from, from making those cold calls. Does that, that jive kind of with your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about it, like I said, I mean, obviously, no people sometimes take it personally, like they're being rejected, like it's a, something personal. And or they feel like when the gatekeepers, you know, kind of brushes them off, like they feel like, well, the next call is going to be the same thing. And then the next call is going to be the same thing. So why, you know, what, what, why is it worth even going through the effort to go do that? You know, and, and what would you think, you know, David, based on your experience, like, besides like the fear of being rejected, like what would be the other things that people might be telling themselves why not to keep persevering and keep going when they've been, you know, kind of brushed away or rejected by a gatekeeper? Well, I think it's it's just the idea that the leads you're going to get from cold calling are no good. That's that's what people think. Um, yeah. Because there's this, this idea that telemarketers set bogus leads, um, that, you know, they're going to go out there and the guy's going to say, I never set that appointment at all. So I think it's the quality of the leads they think they're going to get from a cold call, whether they have an outside company do it or internal or something like that. Now, if the salesman does it himself, they tend to just overqualify because they're looking for somebody to have that immediate need right now. And you could call hundreds of leads uh, several days in a row, maybe find one after a week of calling that says, you know, I've got a specific need for what you say. Uh, yeah, come out. And of course, when they think about their time spent trying to find that one person, it was a waste of time, you know, for that. So I think that's another, another reason. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. I think, you know, it's again, these, would, would it be safe to say that, again, a lot of times, I mean, yes, there's intelligence out there that may, you know, intellectual intelligence that obviously supports that. But a lot of times, again, people, you know, make those decisions, especially sales professionals, that they just assume and speculate if that's the case for others, that it's going to be the same for them. And this would, you know, maybe pre- prevents them from putting themselves out there or you know, getting hang, you know, hung up, you know, 10 times or the gatekeeper brushing them off another 10 times and, and not to continue to find a way to really connect and develop that level of understanding that report quick. Absolutely. It's, it's the, it's the belief. I mean, you've heard, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find a, find a prince with cold calling. It's that idea. In other words, the amount of time to find somebody that's interested is, is, is a massive amount of time. And I've heard that from a lot of people. So it's, I think that the core down is, uh, we'll talk about belief. Um, you know, that, I think that's the concept of everything, and we can talk about that later. Um, we've got a couple, we've got a long, a deep dive with Chris today, so you guys are going to get a lot of information from me uh, on this stuff. But I think that's it. I think belief that it doesn't work. When you don't believe something, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're told to do something and you don't believe it, your efforts are going to be self-fulfilling prophecies, and you're not going to get I think that's the core of it is that. I think uh, it's all of these other things, but the heart of it is to simply believe in the cold call. It doesn't work or it's going to take too long and not get to the leads you want. That's so true. I, I, I have a friend of mine that's in uh, network marketing and, you know, he's a network marketing professional. You know, I've been in it for quite some time. And one of the things I admire about him, you know, is his tenacity and perseverance that he doesn't like he just picks it up and goes right after it. I mean, it's not that he's always making cold calls, don't get me wrong, but he's not afraid to go to pick up that phone and just even with the rejection to go back and call somebody else and just be straightforward. Not that he's trying to hard sell somebody, but really again, 
finding where there's a connection and finding where and, and I guess, you know, there are people out there that and again, it comes down to what you just said is its level of belief. He not only believes in his product and he believes in, in the culture of the company that he represents, but more importantly, he really truly believes in himself. Not saying that would might have been always the case, but obviously where he's at and why he's been able to achieve so much success in this profession. Would that be safe to say, David? Like, you absolutely. know, when you, yeah. Absolutely. And it's also yeah. belief in the company. You know, if you sit somebody yeah. down there and pay them by the hour, uh, they're going to half-heartedly make calls. Uh, they don't really know much about the company or they, you know, they don't, they don't truly believe in the company. They get some of that infectious, just powerful, uh, gushing, you know, they become a, an evangelist like Guy Kowalski said for Apple or Macintosh. You don't have a bunch of evangelists sitting there. They're just simply paid by the hour. They don't, they don't necessarily believe in cold calling and they don't believe in the company and they may not believe in themselves. So it's the three levels of belief, belief in the company themselves and what you're doing. The, 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 the thing, cause I've had so many can't call it calling campaigns where somebody kind of begrudgingly said, well, let's try this. Right. You know, like Jada, Jada, Yoda said, the do or do not, there's no try. <laughs> yeah, going to fail, and and so they tried, and they become their own agent of, of self fulfilling prophecy of sabotaging themselves. So it, it all comes back to belief. If you don't believe it, and we'll talk about the, the, you know, why people should believe what I'm talking about. I've been struggling with that message to get people to believe in it, and I finally hit hit home that, and we'll we'll talk about that at the end of belief. But I think we're going to have a lot of stuff. What I was thinking to do right now would be kind of my story, you kind of teased it in the beginning, is kind of going to go through my story, just a synopsis of kind of what I went through to, to get the, the experience to write this book. I don't know if you want me to cover that now. Yeah, if you could cover it, because I like to cover the process after the break. And and what I love real quick before you get into that, because we'll have about, you know, five, six minutes to, uh, to do that, is that you, you made a great point about the alignment. You can believe in yourself, but if you don't believe in the company, you're out of alignment. But if you Believe in your products, but don't believe in yourself. Again, out of alignment. I saw that with a Zig Ziglar thing way, way back in the day where he had a, a knife salesman who really believed in himself, and but he couldn't understand why he wasn't able to sell these uh, these brand of knives that he was uh, selling, you know, like he did before. And when Zig went over to his, his kitchen, you know, over his house, they were sitting in the kitchen. He looked over and saw that he had a, a, his own set of knives on the, on the counter. And he asked him, why do you have another competitor or another brand's knives and not the company that you represent? There you go. There was the answer right there. He, was, he didn't even believe in his own products. So, again, but i like you to illustrate that. Tell your story because I really think that's what really connects with the audience here. And that will really uh, lay the foundation for the process that you're going to cover in the second. So we got about three yeah, and no, a half, I'll four minutes. Actually, that's yeah. we have a common connection there. And then when you read his books. Uh, he says you have to buy your product, you know, unless you sell a plane, he says, you know, something that, that you know, would cost a million dollars. You can, if you sell cars, buy the car you that you sell. Uh, if you sell computer software, buy that software. So, and then you believe it and, you know, people inevitably will walk out and, oh, you, you also uh, drive a Cadillac and you sell a Cadillac. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so no. my story picks up um, after uh, my dad's company. We have to make a million dollars, but then. We hit the, the uh, 90s recession, the tech bubble, and we happened to oversell the market. Um, we, we discounted it, and we made a lot of sales. We oversold the market as well. So really, there was we sold the whole packages of the heating and the cooling, and we were in the wintertime, and 
that was not allowed to sell, but service. And uh, my dad had taken on too much debt, uh, kind of was mistaken, and boom, the tech bubble bust. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of curtains for the company, and he lost his home and everything. And, and uh, I had to get an apartment, and I had to find a job. And so basically I had done cold calling, as you teased, uh, for NBA America Banking College. And so I thought, well, I'll get a, I saw an ad for a company. It was a PEO, which is a new concept. Just so our listeners know what we're talking about, we're talking about a company like Insperity. Yep. You're familiar with that, right, Christopher? Yes. Yep. So they, they actually become the employer of record uh, so that they issue insurance, workers' comp, HR, payroll services, all as the, the employer of record. Even though they may work for XYZ Corporation, the employees would get a check from the PEO company. You know, that, that was a new concept, and we'll talk about that uh, differentiation as part of this, but um, when I, I thought I looked at the commission structure, it was fantastic, and I thought, man, I'm going to make enough money to make up my salary and help my parents. And my goal was to buy some land, and then we were all going to build houses out the country. Um, so we had that was my objective, and so right away I was there working, and I was not hitting my goals. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And everybody else, you know, they, I was thinking, well, I must have had a lot of appointments, like you know, like I would take credit card applications, forty a night. But everybody there in the, in the, in the call center of that PEO was setting just two appointments a day, uh, which is a real low number. And, um, you know, and, and of course the average is like, uh, I think for cold calling, the average is like three appointments every three days. I think for, if I can remember my stats correctly. So it's a low. And so that's exactly what I did is I had to set a goal. I was like, if I'm going to make my money, I'm going to have to set a way more appointments than anybody's ever set before. And I was reading Zig Ziglar's uh, See You at the Top. I don't yep. know if you've read that one. Yeah. Yeah. Where it says to, to claim your, your, your goals, look in the mirror and claim out, out loud, say out loud with this belief that you're going to accomplish, which is part of that personal belief that we were talking about. And so I decided to, with that goal of setting 15 appointments, which I had not, for the listeners out there, this is another point. I had never set 15 appointments co-calling before. Right. I had no experience with that. Yeah. I was like, the guy that first ran uh, the mile in under a minute, or the the guy that Russell Brunson talks about that sold a million dollars in one day. They had never done it before. Nobody had ever done it before. I don't know if anybody had ever set 15 appointments a day, every day in a call street. So, but I looked in the mirror every day, and I said, I'm going to set 15 appointments a day. And I did that every single day. And fifth, six months later, the way to do that, and this is key for the listeners. And it goes yeah, to, and, and here's what I want to do, David. David, because we got to go to break in about really like real quick here, and I want to I want to leave it right there because I want listeners that when they come back to the break, you're going to just talk about that transition of those 15 a day because I think yeah. this is powerful uh, here because this is something that you know sales professionals want to know. If you if you do want to get in touch with David, you can reach out to us here on uh at voice america we'll definitely put you in touch with david david's going to also provide his contact information later in the show because he's going to give you exactly what he did in that situation to and and you could correlate that with what you're doing right now to see what difference you can make in your sales performance again you're listening to sustainable success uh we're here with david walter he is the superhero of cold calling we'll be right back after the break What is balance? 
It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're here again with David Walter, the superhero of cold calling. Uh, David was just sharing uh, at the end of our first segment uh, a little bit about his story where he was making 15 sales appointments a day and did that for six months. Powerful. Again, if you're a sales professional, we highly encourage you to stick around for the rest of the show. If you're just joining us, you can listen to this show in its entirety later today on demand here at Voice America Influencers Channel or at our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. So, David, you were just, you know, we got towards the, the end of the first segment and you were really going to get into the meat of that, this, this kind of this transition that you did. Talk a little bit where we left off and how this really transformed your sales career and, and how it's been, you know, an example you know, from leading from your example for others that you that have worked for you or others that have admired what you've done to do in their own their own uh, sales prof- uh, profession. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, it was I set a goal beyond what anybody was doing. Um, you know, making a million dollars in one day, running a mile in, in one minute. Nobody's ever done that. How do we believe we can do it? Well, the thing is, if you set a goal and you you believe, the process of acquiring that belief was saying it over and over and again in the mirror, I developed the powerful belief that I could do it. But more importantly, I tapped into my subconscious mind, and my subconscious mind figured out how to do it. See, I didn't know how to set it. I'd never done it. How would I? Because to do that, I would have to dramatically increase the number of contacts that I was making. I, I would have to make maybe more or less calls. We'll talk about that. But the contacts would have to triple over what I had been doing. How would I triple contacts? And if I had triple the contacts... How would I get the majority of them to say yes? You know, I've never done that before. And so that's, so the the power of the subconscious mind is a part of my book. You have to believe it. Uh, There's a book called The Power of Habit. Have you read that, Chris? Yes, I have. Great book. Yep. Absolutely. Um, And it it talks that they found the Brazil, uh, Brazil ganglia, which is part of the physical part of the subconscious mind, proves it's real. It's real. It's not hokey pokey. It's not uh, hooey-gooey. It's real. And if you believe in your power of your subconscious mind, you can do anything you want to. 
you don't even have to know how to do it. You just have to believe that you can do it. And then your subconscious mind figures it out. Just like I was uh, taking some golf lessons, and when you put the ball, the guy, when you putt, you're like, how am I going to hit it? He says, well, when you play catch, when you throw the ball to somebody, you figure out how you're going to throw it to that person, you just throw it to them. You see him, you throw it to them. Your brain figures out how far. You know, so we have to lie on our subconscious mind more powerfully. But the bottom line is, once I figured everything out, I, it was like all these little things, you know, aha moments that came to me over six months, uh, Christopher. And then I put them all together. And then that six months of that day, I set 15 appointments. And the 15 appointments, and I got on a hot streak. And I set 15 appointments every day over 1,800 appointments. And uh, I generated the money I needed to uh, buy land and build a house out in the country, help my family. Um, and then later I, I realized, you know what, I'm such a guru because I can run my own call center and start my own call center. So that's, that's kind of the arc of the story. And then, of course, the why and the how is how did I do it? And, and we could talk more about that. Yeah, please do. Please do, because this is really yeah. where people connect. They connect to the experience. Yeah, so people didn't believe it until they saw it. And um, so one of, the, one of the, the most powerful things, two powerful things that I want to relate to the audience uh, to take notes on to, to understand how that was even possible. Because as we just talked about before, most people say that they're happy with what they have. 90% when you call, right? Yep. You, did you agree to that, Christopher? Okay. So how would I take in everybody else setting two, how would I just mag- magnify that to such a large number and be successful? Uh, and then, of course, candles, we, maybe we can even do, you know, all those even valid appointments, we can talk about that. But basically, there's a small number of people out there that are never going to change, you know, and you're not going to get them on the phone. And that's a small number, though. Uh, there's a small number of people who have a need. There's a large number in the middle, and those are people who, are, they say they're happy with what they have. They usually don't say they're not interested. Those are two different expressions. I'm happy with what I have does not negatively rule out looking at what you have. It's, it's not a negative uh, elimination. It's simply uh, an affirmation of what I have, right? Most people take that as like, okay, you're not interested, and then they, they, they call in. And perhaps the people, you know, want to convey that idea that I'm happy. Let's not pursue this because I'm happy. But what I had to what I had to realize is that if I was going to send 15 appointments a day, I was going to have to convince people that say that they're happy with what they have to set an appointment. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yep. I can't. I couldn't go out there and find and, and find more people that have a need. I can't make that up. I can't wave a magic wand and create people. You know. So that's what I had to do is do that. And so. Um, that was the, that's the first lesson and it's in the book is that you can sell more to people who don't have a need or they don't know they have a need. That's the, one of the most powerful things I had to learn. That's the fundamental thing. If you're going to set more appointments, you're not going to be setting appointments where people say, I'm glad you called. I have that problem. We need you to come out. They're probably going to be saying, you know, we, well, we've got something in place now that's working and we're happy. So you got to convert those people over. And so there's a, a lesson I give in my talks and I talk about, uh, the power of habit, the story of Febreze. You remember that one, this? I do, and I and I love the fact that with the power of habit, like you said, and this is where the subconscious, and I like I like you to expand on it, is that people think like a habit takes three three to four weeks to form. It may start, but it takes it, it could take six months to even over a year before it's embedded at the subconscious mindset, and it has to be consistent. Would that be safe to say? It doesn't matter what the habit is; it could be. It could be wellness related. It could be something in your relationship, how you, you know, communicate. And, and, and again, here when we're talking about sales, 
Talk about that because I think that's well, really powerful. Yeah, yeah, people it, it, it really has connect. to do. It really has a lot to do with belief, but it also is a, a, a number. It's a number. For example, I learned. Uh, I read a book called "Give Rest While You Sleep." You know, wake up in the morning and you can say your mantra in the mirror, but you can also say it before you go to bed, right? Um, in other words, it's a, it's a number. It's like stacking blocks. It's a thought. Every time I think that thought, then it adds to my neuron connections and makes them stronger. And the more I think that thought, think and grow rich. The more I think that thought, that positive thought, then I can do that, and it builds that thought. And so literally, you could think that thought, what is it, um, think and grow rich? He said to himself that he was going to get somebody to publish his book, and he says he said that a thousand times over the weekend. So it doesn't necessarily have to take six months. It's, it's how many times you say it. If you say it once a day, you could take longer. If you said it five times a day, less. If you, if you said it, visualized it, and made a vision board and did all these things, you could do it in a few weeks. And then, of course, all that is what level does it take you to actually believe? Um, things happen to people where they, you know, they believe, you know, like the, the, the faith healers and, or the, um, uh, what is it, the, uh, when they do research, the, the blind, the blind uh, double-blind studies. Oh, the, bl- oh, the placebo study? Like believe. placebo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the placebo effect. Yeah. They, they instantly believe. Uh, so it's it's what does it take to get you to believe? And, uh, you know, I mentioned before in the break there that when I was starting to quit, I couldn't quit smoking. And I had to realize after reading Think and Grow Rich that I didn't believe I could quit. And therefore, I never would quit. So it goes all back to belief. And, you know, it's like, what is belief? And that's what I really had to struggle with is how would you know? And maybe the listeners, I don't know about you, Christopher, but how do you know if you believe? And it's taking action. Well, let, you know, let's let's you know, let's talk let's talk about that you know real quick because I think this is so important you know when we talk about belief I want to make clarification a lot of times when people hear belief they just say well I, that's my 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 religion my higher power and that's important but what they end up doing is they put all of that weight a hundred percent if not we're close to it onto something outside of them you know in terms of their religious uh, belief. But they they don't believe in themselves. So uh, this is where I, this is where it's got to come from, right? From from yourself in conjunction with your belief outside of yourself. But but you but a lot has to be done from within. So can we talk about that because I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of different techniques. Visualizing, um, you know, before ba- basketball game, there's and I talk about this in my book uh, where there was a, 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 a kind of a double blind study of people playing basketball and free throws in one practiced and the other visualized the whole week. And they came afterwards and they had a contest to see who could shoot more free throws. A team that visualized shot more free throws. And there's a lot of study now that when you really visualize something, I forget the one that there was an Olympic guy that literally would hook people up to the machines and he was getting the same reaction to uh, when they would physically run as when they visualized running. The brain didn't know the difference. And that's the, beauty and the miracle of visualizing is you can visualize setting appointments or whatever over and over again or visualize getting that, that result. Uh, and when you're saying it to yourself, you, that's part of visualization. But you can sit there and, and kind of meditate and try to literally get that picture in your head of seeing yourself doing that thing, and that's going to get you the belief. Um, you may have experienced other ways to do it. People do, do vision boards. Uh, but then, you know, some people do vision boards and it comes about. Others don't. What's a level of belief that comes about by making that vision board? You know, that's it's it's all about attaining belief. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, yeah, one so- of the things I do, I mean, limited beliefs, you know, I, I talk about because a lot of times limit, like I said, limited beliefs work against you rather than limitless beliefs, beliefs in yourself work for you. And I think, you know, a lot of times people, they just they just look at all the, you know, all, they look outside of themselves for all the reasons why something's not working and, and not looking from within to what's blocking them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that, so in terms of me getting that, that, uh, heading that goal is setting, selling more to people I don't, that don't have a need, believing that's possible, that I could do that. And uh, what I realized was, and it really comes to, to differentiation, there's a couple of things we can talk about, is product differentiation or being unique or having a USP or competitive yeah. advantage. Uh, Jeffrey Goodemer talks all the time about how people think they have a competitive advantage and they don't. Um, so that's important. And then just the act of qualifying your leads. In other words, I've trained uh, companies, uh, trained... Uh, the 20 is a big uh, IT company uh, consortium. And after I trained them in all these advanced techniques, I got them on the phone and they couldn't get through to anybody. And I realized that the leads had not been qualified. They just took them from the lead provider, put them in the database and they called and they were getting wrong numbers, disconnected wrong numbers. That guy's not here anymore. That guy's not here anymore. And I think we didn't talk about that, but that's one of the big, when you have, when you're calling garbage, literally your day is full of minutes. And if most of your minutes and five minutes are spent calling people who are who are not there because they don't work there anymore, or the company doesn't exist anymore, it's a wrong number, you have dramatically handicapped your cold callers to to even get a contact. And so I, I preach and advocate in my book about just simply the act of qualifying, uh, just have somebody designated, or if it's a salesman, what I did, I spent time when I got a new list, and I would just sit there and put a hat on. It's say, I'm a qualifier. I'm not even going to try to get appointments. I'm just going to verify the data, and I have little scripts on how to do that. And if you pay someone to do it or you, you can even outsource it and give your salespeople a qualified list, which means when they pick up the phone, they know it's a real company. It exists. The phone number is correct, and we know that the person that we've qualified, the controller, the CFO, or if you look for the HR director, that that title is correct and the name of that person is correct. Just that I tell people, just that could double your con, just your contacts could double, just from doing that one thing. That's so powerful. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, these are yeah. some great and tips, so- people, everyone. So take notes. Again, you can listen to the show in its entirety later today or anytime thereafter. But keep going, David. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off because I knew you're going through some other. Oh no, no, uh, I process. get a little conversation between us and the audience. Get them to think about you know the conversation I have a conversation with them. And so that's a powerful tip. I talk about it on, on my, my million dollar rebuttal, uh, com backslash free hyphen book, my ClickFunnels account. Uh, you can get some of these videos that I talk about this stuff. So, you know, listen, take notes. And we'll talk more about that at the end, but there's, I have a whole video series on this stuff besides just the book, but the unique difference, what happened at, at that company was that I stumbled across upon a unique difference. Everybody else had sold two appointments. What I realized they were doing is we were literally the unique guys on the block. We were one of the first companies doing that concept of the PEO. Um, but when they would call, I listened to them intently, they would sell this as if it was insurance. Now, insurance is part of the PEO process, but it's not explaining the concept. It's not embracing the uniqueness of it. Uh, and they, so they were basically calling on workers' comp quotes, or they were talking about health insurance. If the people were listening, they couldn't tell the difference between the health insurance company and the PEO. And what I did, part of that process of that six months 
is realizing that, okay, I need to be unique. Uh, I need to be unique. And um, I need to... Uh, you still there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Yep, I'm yeah, here. So, uh, yeah, you need to be unique. And um, they were unique. And so all I did was embrace that concept of different and new and, and unique and turned it into what I call, I talk about the book, is not selling, explaining, asking, have you heard of this? You know, get a contact on the phone. They're happy with what they have. But you know what? I'm not trying to get you to change, right? I'm not here to argue with you, and I'm sure you are happy. And I talked about a book agreeing and aggressively agreeing, which is something from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is to listen and spend more time listening to them, and then they're going to want to listen to you. And so by listening and agreeing with them, uh, from how to win friends and influence people, uh, then they want to listen to me. But then I had to tell them something that was unique. And that was the key. You can't get a lot of people to set a line of appointments with you to hear the same thing they've already heard. Uh, it happens in the IT world now where the, the managed services or that flat fee uh, concept is just everywhere and everybody's doing it and everybody's already heard about it and it's it's just uh, uh, crazy. But uh, unique, and that was unique at the time. And so it turns it into an educational message. So if you're calling to convince, this is the big aha moment. If you want to get more appointments and you're going to call people that are happy with what they have, agree with them, listen to them, don't argue, but then tell them something they haven't heard before. That's your unique, your competitive advantage. You may have one already in your company. You may not be embracing it. You may be trying to sell it like everybody else, or you may have to go find a competitive advantage that you don't have. And uh, you don't always have to, you know, reinvent the entire company. Um, you know, just like uh, Sonic and food companies always come up yeah. with something new, something new. You can add, you can add something, make it a little bit different. It just has to be something they haven't heard of, and that, that usually can can get you uh, curiosity. And curiosity killed the cat. You get the appointment. <laughs> yep. Now this is great stuff. Uh, we got to head to break here, uh, David. This is some powerful stuff. Again, you know, those that are, are just joining us again, you know, take notes. And though, if you missed any of this from the first segment, again, this is going to be available on demand later today. This is some powerful information that David is sharing. He is the superhero of cold calling. Again, for any sales professional, we highly encourage you to listen to this episode Not only if you're listening to it live, but listen to it again. Many times if you hear it again, you'll pick up something that you missed the first or even the second go around. So, again, you're listening to Sustainable Success. We're talking about the Million Dollar Rebutal. Again, uh, David is the superhero of cold calling. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. 
You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. We're here with David Walter, superhero of cold calling. We're talking to today's topic is the Million Dollar Rebutal. Again, our show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, or EFA Movement. They are a 501c3 organization dedicated to helping create interdependent family structures that lead to interdependent communities and interdependent business. Check them out at efamovement.org and the many of the great things that they're doing to really make a difference in leading people away from codependency to interdependency in all aspects of their life and business. With that being said, David, we had left off, you were talking about, you know, people being, you know, salespeople being happy with what they have. And so I wanted to kind of wrap that up and, you know, expand on that. And I want to get into a little bit, you know, too, about, you know, a little bit more about the belief again, and then the numbers game concept. Absolutely. Well, um, that's interesting because happy with what you have is the obstacle. That's what people tell you. And you got to believe that you can sell those people. And in the power of habit, I, I teased that earlier. There's a story of Febreze, and I'll just, you should pick up the book, the, the, the listeners, I definitely, and Christopher, you probably recommend getting that book, it's just an eye-opening experience, but essentially, Febreze went into a, with a product, when the company uh, oh, researched that, they could get skunk smells out of, out of uh, clothes, which is powerful, and they just knew that they had a product that would transcend and would just make a lot of money in the market, and so when they did their first marketing with uh, product placement and, and advertising and everything, it failed. It failed miserably. Uh, you probably remember that story, correct? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It it, take like about anything. I mean, anything great, anything great in this world, is. there's been numerous failures. <laughs> go ahead. But go yeah. ahead. you got to fail before you succeed. That's another lesson. Yep. But uh, they bought the PhD, so they persisted. They didn't give up. They almost quit and gave it up. And then we would, the world would have never known about the power for Breeze. But uh, when they sent the PhDs out, they found something fascinating that just I do was my aha moment for this book, and that that is that when they went into one of the one of the homes, um, the the PhDs were over when, they, when the woman opened the doors, they were over they were over uh, run with the smell of cat smells of cat odor. When they walked in, they asked the lady some questions. Did you buy Febreze? And she said yes. Have you used it? Yes. Why did you use it? And she said, because of the cat smells. And then they asked that pivotal question, do you smell the cat smells now? She said, no. They couldn't hardly breathe. And that was the lesson from the book is people don't know they have smells, right? And they were selling Febreze as a product to remove odors. But homeowners didn't know they had odors. They couldn't smell them because they got used to them. Does it make sense? Yeah. 
That makes sense. Absolutely. And it's like it's like it's like a person that owns a dog. They don't realize that that, that the house smells like a dog because they're they're used to it. But other people that don't have dogs or and you know maybe don't have them in certain rooms, they can smell it. Yeah, baby smells. <laughs> oh yeah, cat smells, smoker the smoker smells, all that stuff. So so here's the connection. To, this is where the audience wants to really just underline this: is that businesses don't they can't smell their problems. They're used to the way they do business, no matter how inefficient. And oftentimes they don't know there's a better way. And therefore, the way they do it is just the way they've always done it. It doesn't smell to them, right? That's that's key. That's the whole point, and it's two points in one. Is that they don't know they have they don't know they have a need. And the only way they would know they have a need is if you showed them a better way, which is why having a competitive advantage. You could, you have to go with knowing I'm going to sell people who don't have a need, but they don't can't smell it. So I have to approach it differently. And then you have to go with a competitive advantage. And that's what can get them to suddenly see or smell their need when it's compared to a better way, a faster internet, they're on dial up and you're giving them um, broadband or you're selling fiber. Fiber is like a thousand times faster than broadband. And you could show them that. How many people would still be happy with a dial up modem, Christopher? If they have used, demoed fiber optics well if they didn't know know what they don't know you know that's the type of thing but if they know that there's something they're gonna obviously look that that could be better absolutely they're gonna blow their mind they'll be like you know you don't close the deal that day but next week they're gonna be thinking man that fiber was so fast and i'm dragging right here and after a while they'll be like i gotta have that fiber (laughs) and that's the big secret that's the big thing is you gotta have the competitive advantage um, and that's that's what we learned is that people who don't know people don't have a need. They simply don't know they don't have a need. They're great prospects if you can show them, but you have to get the appointment. But um, but that's interesting because I I, I noticed that say the systems advertises with you, uh, Christopher. And yep. it's ironic. I talk about that in my book. Is that say the systems was one of the IT companies out of California it was when I had my cold calling system that I helped them make a million dollars cold calling. And one of the keys is that when I've contacted them, we were symbiotically uh, thinking about a new model called the managed service model, which going back 30 years ago was a new concept because all the other IT companies forever today and always just basically charged by the hour and you have a problem, call me and I'll come fix it by the hour, right? And um, so we were thinking about this flat fee and it's all included and that's what I've been thinking about. And I called them up, co-called them to talk about doing his telemarketing, and, and I told them, "Yeah, you gotta. I can't do this unless you have a competitive advantage. What's your competitive advantage going to be, Tony? Uh, Tony Safian?" And he said, "I'm thinking about a flat fee." And I said, "I'm thinking the same thing. Let's do it, man." <laughs> and so we did it. And uh, lo and behold, we we did a million dollar campaign uh, co-calling. And so, but that he believed in co-calling. He didn't doubt it, uh, and he had a competitive advantage. Uh, and he was willing to meet with people who said they were happy with what they have. Uh, he didn't insist on meeting with people who had a need. And all those things collided into massive success. And that's what I'm trying to teach people to do is that you can sell more to people who don't say they have a need, but you have to have a competitive advantage. But I've already talked about a few things qualifying your list. But one of the things I want to squeeze in this last segment is just the numbers game concept. Is You've heard that before, that mantra, you know, co-call is a numbers game, right? Yep. All, all of our listeners have already heard that. And so that's with all the things in my book are all 
just destroying these iconoclast concepts that people believe in. They're not true. Um, for me to get more contacts, I called less people. I called less people that were qualified, but I called them more often. In other words, let's say I was calling you, uh, Christopher, trying to get on your podcast. I called right now. Would I get you? If you called me right now so on my contact podcast? Me? Yeah. Probably. Um, uh, on the it depends on, go ahead. I mean, it depends on when you called me. I mean, it depends. No, if I called you right now and you're on the podcast with me, oh, um, no. then no. You, you couldn't talk. <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely not. Unless no, less that somebody called in while we're on the show. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so business owners, you, you call in, you hear people, hey, he's in the bank. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're traveling. Uh, he's in a meeting. Right? You hear that. And salespeople think they're lying. They're not lying. They're telling you the truth. You know, they're telling you the truth. The, the, the owner's not there. He's gone. He's just here. He's there. It's dynamic, and what I realized if, if what what a numbers game means specifically means calling a hundred different companies one time in a day. And if I called your company one time today, I would probably miss. What if I called you three to four times today, tomorrow, and the next day, and then stopped? Would I dramatically increase my contact the chance of getting with you? Mm-hmm. That's the key. Yeah. That's my philosophy: is you have a qualified list, right? So I'm not calling all these numbers that are disconnected and wrong number. I'm only calling people that we know. We've already qualified Christopher Salem. We know you're the executive. Um, we have your address. We have your phone number. I call. And so if I, if, if I call multiple times, then I increase my chance of getting through. Now, if I call more than a few days, two or three days, then you'll be outed. The receptionist will say, wait a minute. You've been calling here for several days. Uh, what's this call about? And uh, so that's the numbers game thing. That, that's just, just blown away and you can dramatically increase your contacts more. And then, of course, this is a side note is that most most phone screeners are not gatekeepers. Uh, gatekeeper is usually an assistant. And what happens is salespeople call fearing the gatekeeper. They create a gatekeeper. They don't just call like normal. You need to call in and just sound like you're one of their customers or one of their vendors and, hey, this is David. Um, could you get Chris on the phone? Could you get Christopher on the phone? You don't want to call. You don't want to call. Hey, uh, is Christopher Salem available? This is David Walter calling from the Million Dollar Rebuttal. You know, you're just out of yourself as a salesman. So that's a little tip in there. But uh, being the last segment, I think you wanted me to go over the the belief thing. Do we still have time for that? Yes, please. Let let yeah, because I'd like to kind of sum you know kind of sum that up before we let people know more you know where they can reach you and get in contact with you. Yeah. So there, there's lots of counterintuitive secrets. Um, that are in the book, and um, I don't want to go into all those, but essentially what I've learned is that people love to hear, I used to go on a stage and rip my shirt open, I have a superhero outfit on, and I'm the superhero of calling, superhero, you know, people get all excited, but no, I didn't have that many book sales, or people didn't co- book me for coaching, and I realized that just simply flat out, people didn't believe that it was true. They may have, at one level, thought, well, that's interesting but they didn't truly believe it. Because just think about it. If you could uh, get any podcast you wanted, if you believed you could get uh, the most famous people in the world, and I had a book that would tell you how to do that, and you really believed it, you'd go out and buy it, right? That's your business. Yeah. Booking more podcasts. Yeah, you'd say, well, if I believe David, and he says that I can get um, the, the Queen of England, and I could get the President, or I could get anything, and I could get them on my podcast, then damn, I'm going to go buy that book right now. And so that, that belief is the belief cold calling doesn't work, or I don't really think you set 15 appointments. And so what I finally realized is I had to do something, and this is something 
everybody else may need to do. If you're struggling to make sales and you have something great, people may not believe it. You've got to prove it. A demonstration is the best, but how do you do this? And so I coached the company and we recorded me setting, not me, but the, comp- the, the, the employee that I coached set 15 appointments in one day and we videotaped it. And we got about seven of those on videotape and we recorded, I put on LinkedIn. And so literally you can go on my LinkedIn page and you can scroll down a few posts that's uh, under post and you'll see that Kalani Rangel from CIT picking up the phone and we edited it's not a very long video we edited it mainly at the end of the calls but you can hear the people say yes I'll book that appointment yes you can come by so, yes 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 <laughs> David I want to let people know where to find those videos so if you could share because we got less than two minutes left to the end of the show I want to be able to let the people the listeners and those listening later on demand where can they find you on LinkedIn at your your website your any other way that, that best to contact you yeah so, you know, on LinkedIn, on my LinkedIn profile, David Walter, just search that on how you can find me. My phone number is there. Um, my email address is there. But all my posts I just talked about, the video testimonials, but that video is only about eight down from my post. Um, you could see that post of me calling. But I have, uh, I'm on Amazon. I'm on Kindle. Uh, I'm on, um, and I have my own site that has the training videos. That's the one I want people to really, uh, Chris, Christopher, is Million Dollar Rebuttal, which is the name of the book. That's the domain, milliondollarrebuttal.com. And then you simply have a free book, and it's a hyphen, and you put free hyphen book. Uh, and it's on the, some of the links. Like if you go to that video, or the co-calling video, where we do the link at the top uh, is the link to Million Dollar Rebuttal backslash free hyphen book. And that's where you can get videos. You can get my book for free. Great. Uh, plus shipping and handling. You can get it on Amazon if you want to. It's $17. Or you can get it for free at Million Dollar Rebuttal backslash free hyphen book uh, plus shipping and handling. And then they have an offer where there's some training videos you can get. Um, right. and I, that's what I recommend people go. Yeah. David, I want to thank you so much. And guests, we highly encourage you to reach out to David on LinkedIn, uh, Million Dollar Rebuttal. Uh, go to Amazon and you can Google there or search Million Dollar Rebuttal, David Walter. We highly encourage you to get your hands on that book. Check out those videos. We want to thank the guests uh, each and every week uh, coming in to listen to Sustainable Success. Uh, if it wasn't for you, the show wouldn't be possible. And again, we want to thank everybody that is uh, looking to make a difference in this world. It starts with you. You have to make a difference in your own life. And what David talked about today, believing in yourself and all things are possible. So again, we want to wish everybody a, a prosperous rest of your week. And we will see you next Thursday, same time with another great guest with words of wisdom and concepts that will change your business and lifestyle to the next level. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.